Welcome in everyone and thank you for listening to the 133rd ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Rebel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts Cameron Albert alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today Kyle? I'm great Cameron. It's March Madness. It's here. It's upon us. It's here. How are you? How many brackets have you filled out? Oh, probably <laughs> probably more than 10. I'm not sure exactly how many, but... It's a little too early for me, honestly. My normal routine for filling out brackets is to let it simmer a little bit. Just kind of let the matchups just kind of bounce around mm-hmm. in my head a little bit. Yeah. And then I do a little bit of research usually on some of those key matchups. But... Uh, well, that, that, I mean, you won the group a couple of years ago so that must Get, be giving the, you the form- blueprint that must be the formula really yeah. ma- let it marinate speaking of the group might as well tell the people right off the bat on espn tournament challenge we have a podcast group it's called missouri sports pod 2021 and only people who are listening to the episodes either uh, through podcast or on youtube are able to enter so you have to have heard it right here from my voice, either last week or this week, to uh, know what the name of the group is. Missouri Sports Pod 2021. Limit one bracket per person. And we've already got a couple brackets in there. Uh, somebody, I thought it was you, Kyle. I thought you named your bracket. Mark Smith got blocked. And so shout out to whoever did. Whoever that is. That, I, that literally made my day. Yeah. It made my day to see that because that was so funny. Yeah and uh very creative yeah join the group make some kind of funny bracket name but we if it makes us laugh we'll we'll talk about it i'm sure we're gonna have to identify the winner at some point but we'll figure that out we'll cross that bridge when we get there but uh yeah if you if you make a bracket on the espn tournament app i I think you have to complete the bracket and then it lets you uh join groups search for groups you can you can join you have to start creating a bracket Mm -hmm. then you can join a group okay so you don't have to actually know for sure who you're picking all the way through yeah um and then you can can enter a partially filled in bracket and uh on the search function if you pretty much type in missouri sports i think missouri sports pod 2021 will will appear to you you should find it pretty easily so and the winner of the contest contest is going to get one of our podcast shirts kyle is modeling one for us right now um it's beautiful You've seen them. You love them. It's a, it's a great, it's great design. And uh, some podcast stickers thrown in there as well. And a shout-out. Oh, of course. Mark Smith got blocked already. Got a shout-out, but we'll keep shouting them out. Oh, yes. Yeah. We'll shout-out creative names. It's we'll shout-out uh, people that are doing well in the challenge. Um, Kyle, let's see here. The only news we have this week is the fact that the only thing I have down here is uh, – Mr. Mr. Cameron Fletcher. Mr. Fletcher. He's departing the University of Kentucky. He will be seeking a new home for the rest of his college basketball career. Yeah, he had a little bit of a turbulent experience at Kentucky. Um, the way this season went, I don't think his departure from Kentucky shocks anybody at all. Uh, I, that doesn't mean to say he's not talented or he's not good enough to play for a program like that, but... Kentucky season in general was just Kentucky was bad yeah. this year and he didn't see the floor a lot. So I would say, um, you know, everybody can be in a bad situation for their own reasons and everybody deserves to get another shot in a different situation. So, 
Cameron Fletcher is going to get that ability, and I think he'll be just fine wherever he ends up, whether that's Mizzou or somewhere else. Um, obviously, I, I, I'm sure that there are maybe a little bit more concern about his ability maybe than there was a year ago today, but I still think that he has the chance to be really good. He's obviously very athletic, very talented. Yeah, I kind of always saw him as a high potential, but also a kind of a low floor sure. player in college because he in high school he just relied a lot on his size and athleticism. Yeah. I mean and his size, I mean for his athletic ability, he is tall and has enormous reach advantage over most people he's guarding and those that are guarding him. So Right. He has the physical tools to be elite an elite college player, I think. Yeah, I mean players like that, you know that dominated in high school because of their size sometimes can take a little bit um, to develop in college and figure out how to play against a much better opponent and play against players that also were able to dominate because of their size in high school so some um, of them can still do that in college right so yeah i agree i I definitely think that he could still be very successful somewhere just give it given a little bit of time there's been a little bit of mixed signals on missouri on if missouri was going to pursue him or not um it seems like early on the Mizzou media seemed to not think Missouri was going to really put on the full court press. But after, you know, 24 to 48 hours or so after the news has come out, seems like that has changed a little bit. Um, I believe Cameron himself has mentioned Missouri as a school that's pursued him at least, or at least made contact in some way or another. So it'll be really interesting to see as this goes on a little bit, uh, how involved Missouri really is. And I don't know if we'll ever have a full, grasp on that unless he ends up at missouri but it's gonna be really interesting okay i'm gonna put you on the spot here a little bit um do you think he ends up in any capacity in the state of missouri or anywhere else if you had to choose between him ending up in the state of missouri or literally any other place which would you pick i'd choose missouri i I think he's gonna either be here at 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 mizzou or he's gonna be at slu st louis i think that there's i'd probably put it at a 75 to 80 percent chance he's at one of those missouri schools but he's he has a lot of opportunity to really go anywhere he still still is in high demand uh for for very established programs so he could really go anywhere he wants and he's got a uh former teammate in mario mckinney who is still at uh junior college and he'll be looking to make the jump back to a power five program next season he's been putting up crazy numbers too yeah so maybe a reunion that that wouldn't happen in Missouri. Not in Missouri. <laughs> I don't think so. All right, Kyle. Let's uh, let's get into the SEC tournament. Um, seems like most things kind of went uh, how everybody thought they would. Um, big picture thoughts on the tournament as a whole, and then we'll jump into Missouri's games um, specifically. Uh, I thought that Alabama did kind of exactly what we expected they would i mean they just they looked really good um lsu was maybe a little bit of a surprise but i think with their offensive firepower it couldn't be that much of a surprise um yeah lsu and tennessee both had pretty good showings i'd say in this tournament uh florida was a little disappointing but uh for the most part i'd say especially early on it felt pretty chalky for the most part like the teams that were supposed to win were winning um 
I really thought that if Missouri had a, you know, could get past Georgia, I thought they had a really good shot to advance past the quarterfinals and beat Arkansas. Obviously, that didn't happen, and Arkansas lost the next game to LSU. So, um, it was it was a good tournament. It was really some good games as as it went on on Saturday and Sunday. There were some sort of very high level competitive games. Yeah, looking uh, looking ahead at where some of the SEC teams were seated in the the big dance. It almost seems like Missouri and obviously Ole Miss had the most, potentially the most to gain yeah, from this tournament. The other teams um, that were seated above Missouri in the NCAA tournament, it doesn't seem like if you you know flip a couple of their results, it doesn't seem like it would have changed things all that much. But yeah, I mean like Mizzou beating Arkansas, you got to think that's good for a seed jump. For sure. Although going from nine to eight doesn't really make a difference really. It could. It might mean you're not playing Gonzaga in the second round. True, true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Mizzou beat Georgia 73-70. to 70. Um, It was a... Didn't give you the warm and fuzzies. No. But it was um, a win. It was very much what we've seen from Missouri the past, you know, the, the second half of the season, basically. Um, some might call it playing down to their competition. Georgia has some really good players, though. Um Severe Wheeler is the real deal. Yeah. Um, he elevates everybody. Yeah. And I don't know. It, it, do you think Do you think Tom Crean's seat is getting warm at Georgia? Or are they just kind of – are they not really paying attention to basketball so much that if he can just, you know, get a few upsets every year and bring in some decent recruiting classes, they, they just think that he'll get it going eventually? Uh, I would say his he is not quite warm. Um, if he has another season that's mediocre with severe Wheeler coming back, I would say that maybe we're talking about his seat getting warm. But, yeah, it is Georgia. They're not used to being good. Uh, it, Tom Crean's a huge name in the coaching industry, and I think that they'll give him his, uh, more time than than probably other kind of candidates. But Yeah, previous coach Mark Fox went to two NCAA tournaments, but they were both a 10 seed. Yeah. You could have said that about Vanderbilt and uh, with Bryce Drew, is that his name? Yeah. He, I thought, kind of got the raw end of a deal there. I mean, they went winless in SEC play one of the years he was there, but they really pulled the plug on that quick. And yeah. I, I think he's a good coach that deserved more time there. So, which Vanderbilt you don't really think of as a team that's super impatient right. with coaching, but they, for whatever reason, we're not, we're not feeling it with Bryce Drew. Uh, speaking of Drew, Drew Smith had 16 points in this game in the win over Georgia. Kobe Brown also had 16. Xavier Pinson with 17. So uh, some balanced scoring there. Um, Missouri shot 35% from three, 48% from two. Uh, got to the line 19 times, made 14 of those. It was just kind of an ugly game at times. I mean, both teams had cold spells that were pretty atrocious. Both teams were kind of throwing the ball around the the court at times and um some unforced errors turnovers and stuff it just i don't know wasn't very fun to watch at times and um i from my perspective i was just happy that mizzou pulled out a win but yeah it wasn't something that i could be too excited about unfortunately yeah we really relied on the guards maybe even more than we typically do in this game and i think tillman had an opportunity and just didn't really take advantage and mitchell smith had a really rough couple of games in the sec tournament he just didn't quite look like himself and that these two games really felt like 
that was the time when you say, okay, Mitch, just stop shooting. Yeah. Like normally I'm fine with him taking a couple of attempts, but he just looked really uncomfortable out there for whatever reason. Yeah, he was 0 for 2 uh, from 3 in the Georgia game, and they were pretty bad. Horrendous yeah. shots, both of them. Yeah. Um, Mizzou then moved on to play Arkansas, and obviously Arkansas had the double bye, so they had not played yet, and Mizzou lost that one 70-64. to 64. Um, Just not quite enough. I mean, it didn't seem – there wasn't anything that stood out to me, like, that was just awful about Missouri's game. I mean – they they gave up a pretty terrible run, but that's that's what happens. I mean, you can say that basketball is a game of runs. Missouri basketball this year is a game of fifteen zero runs. Yeah, that's not that shouldn't be common, uh, but it is for this Missouri squad for whatever reason. Is these double digit to zero runs where it happens quite frequently, almost every game we're seeing a, a run like that, and it happened in the Georgia game too. We got up by. I don't know, was it double digits in the second half and uh, started feeling comfortable and right around the, right when you start feeling comfortable is when they collapse. It seems like almost every single time. Yeah. Missouri was up against Arkansas. Missouri was up 10, 23 to 13, uh, halfway through the first half. And then Arkansas went on a 16 0 run to take a 29 to 23 lead. And Missouri still led a halftime. They got back into it. Yeah. That was, that was surprising. And, um, Missouri had the lead for a little bit of the second half. It was kind of back and forth. Um, Missouri had the lead 49-47 with 10 minutes left or so, and Arkansas went on a 13-1 to run to take a 10-point lead with about five minutes left. Man, Missouri actually got it back down to three at one point super late. But yeah, it was, it was too late at that yeah. point. Uh, yeah, this – okay, and – this is funny how this happened because the first half was was great. It was super competitive. Uh, there was a great flow. There weren't a lot of fouls called. It was um, it was really an entertaining half of basketball for the most part. And uh, I don't know if either team were even in the were in the bonus in the first half. There just there weren't many fouls called. And you even mentioned we were watching this game together. They're watch the refs are going to flip and they're going to start calling everything in the second half and make this unbearable. And that's exactly what happened. And not only that. But they called everything an offensive foul. Like, wh- what are we watching right that here? That was bizarre. That was, and even like Tom Hart, uh, the announcer like on joke. the call, he was like, he said at one point, if you're looking at like rule changes in the off season, like whatever SEC committee is looking at rule changes, just put on tape of this game, and you will see that something has to be done with the offensive foul call. It's destroying the like flow of offenses. Yeah. Like you're just literally, you're just telling teams that they can't drive yeah. because contact is going to happen and the defender can just you're telling me that the defender can just fall over whenever right. any amount of contact is initiated by the offensive player and get a foul it, and it what's was, crazy is like the majority of the offensive fouls called in this game were legitimately defensive fouls they should have actually been called the other way i thought the refs were actually doing a good job not calling too many defensive fouls and i thought they were letting them play and it was pretty physical and it all made sense but the contact that they were letting go from defensive players like they were letting a lot of contact go on drives on just like post play on like hard hedges on the wings you know after a ball screen they were letting quite a bit of contact go yet when an offensive player made contact with a defender, 
they were calling it an offensive foul with very little contact. Yeah. It, it made no sense. Yeah. Like how they were balancing that. It was pretty bizarre. And it wasn't even, I didn't think that the refs flipped the switch as hard as maybe I expected in the second half. It was really just the offensive fouls were just nuts. Yeah. They called more of them on Missouri than Arkansas, but they really did call a lot of them on both teams. Well, they kind of dug themselves into a hole. Like the refs started calling these offensive fouls in such a strange way that they had to stay consistent with it. Yeah. And so then they had to just keep calling everything an offensive foul. Yeah. It was it was really, I've never seen anything like it. Like if there were half the amount of offensive fouls in that game, I still would have been like, wow, that was a lot of offensive fouls. Yeah. And uh, both teams were in the double bonus with like six or seven minutes to go in the half, and it just became a free throw shooting contest, basically, and Missouri lost some ground. Mitchell Smith fouled out in 10 minutes played. That's that's awful and really unlike him. I don't feel like he's very um, foul prone. And Tillman fouled out maybe the first time this season. The refs or the, the commentators were talking about how fouling used to be a problem for him. Yeah. His his third foul out of the year, yeah. Um, and they were kind of, and Tom Hart was saying that's more tells you something about the refs than Tillman. If you know Missouri already had a player foul out, Tillman had five, uh, Pickett had four in twenty one minutes played, and then uh, Arkansas Justin Smith fouled out super late in the game, mm-hmm. uh, and Devonte Davis had four fouls, so. There were plenty of fouls called, but the amount of offensive fouls was just... It was ridiculous. Something I've never seen before. Yeah. I just don't know why both... I just wish that there was some consistency between the two halves, and maybe that's a strategic change from the teams. Maybe the teams were doing just just enough differently to where the refs felt like they had to call the game differently. I got to think, though, that sometimes the refs, like, just watch... Maybe watch a couple clips. I don't know. What are they doing at halftime? I feel like they're going over the first half, and maybe they're saying, like, hey, we should maybe tighten up tighten it up a little bit in the second half but it seems like more often than not they go overboard the other direction and it's like most obvious when they're not calling stuff in the first half and then they are a little bit whistle happy in the second yep would definitely have loved to see what would happen in this game if if that wasn't as big of an issue if they have called the the second half like they did the first half uh i i I don't know that missouri wins but it would definitely would have been a lot more entertaining that's for sure (laughs) yeah shut down moses moody true um yeah i think Conzo said after the game uh he was he was asked about uh jd note uh kind of going off and he said something like yeah drew was drew can't guard everybody or something like that yeah the re- he was basically saying the reason moses moody didn't have a good game is because drew smith was guarding him the whole game and drew can't guard everybody so somebody else is gonna pick up the slack but Note was ridiculous. I mean, he he just had some heartbreaking three-pointers go down. Yeah, One and, that hit off the back of the rim and yeah. found a way to go down, and they were, like, deep threes. And that at the end of the game when Missouri was kind of making a, a run there, and they kind of had one or two more chances to get a stop and score, and then they, were, they you know, could potentially tie it up. But there was, like, that kind of scrum for the ball, and then he just – picked it up and like threw it and it yeah. just like in the shot clock was like expiring and it just it bounced off the backboard and went in that and that that was truly probably the dagger yeah that put the game out of reach but he had 27 points four of seven from three <laughs> i thought i read something too that 
he was ill during this game, like threw up two different times during this yeah, game. Yeah, he went to the locker room and they were following him with a trash can. And I guess he was physically sick. How vomited. is that possible that you could play that well while also being that nauseous? Of course, he's Michael Jordan yeah. against us. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, that was, that was definitely an unfortunately incredible performance from him. Yeah. Um, Justin Smith is a really good player. Uh, he proves it. He has proved it, proven it twice this season against Missouri that he's the real deal. Yeah, that yeah. proved to be the X factor of why Missouri was able to destroy Arkansas earlier this season on the road was yeah. Justin Smith was not playing in that game. Yeah. Uh, Mark Smith played 26 minutes, had seven points. He was 0 for 4 from three. He did have nine rebounds. I mean, man, it just seems like we're – I'm a broken record when it comes to Mark Smith, but uh, – he is a really good rebounder as a guard. I think Mark Smith's broken. Yeah. I hate to say it, but we've watched him all season. He just seems like there's the confidence is not yeah. there. The, the he he plays hard. Yeah. He he plays very good defense. He rebounds. He but he just cannot seem to shoot consistently he just yeah, and it, it seems like he he's just a different player and he tries to be the player that he was and it's not working i mean if he could somehow obviously we need we need offensive production and he's on the floor so we need him to produce something on offense but he can't do it the way he has in the past and every time every once in a while he'll flash a drive that ends successfully and, and I start to think, like, this is what he needs to do. But I don't know. That's just not that's not where his head's at. His I can't – I don't even want to begin to think about where his head's at because it's it's got to be a mess because he knows what he's capable of, I'm sure, and just not able to make it happen. It's got to be maddening. Aren't you telling me that uh, Tillman had very few rebounds in this game, or is that a different game? Jeremiah Tillman had zero, zero rebounds on this game. That's what I thought. In I almost 26 minutes. I almost didn't even want to say it out loud because it just seemed so ridiculous. So I was like, "Did you? Is, did, is that a stat you actually said out loud to me? Yeah. That's crazy. Kobe Brown made up some of the slack with 11 rebounds. But Arkansas did what teams have been doing now for a while against Missouri, and that is – and Georgia did the same thing. When Tillman touches the ball, there's four – there's three – there's always three, sometimes four, sometimes five players – with at least one foot in the paint. Yep, just collapse. When, when Tillman touches the ball. And there's a hard double team immediately, sometimes a legit triple team, and the other two players are watching what he's doing. Yep, and that's why Ole Miss has been like kryptonite for Missouri all season is because I feel like they were kind of the first ones to do it. Yeah. Whether oh, I think that's just kind of how they always play, right. but they kind of exposed Missouri's weakness by – guarding them so well on the interior forcing them to shoot and then everyone else said oh wow that's how we're going to beat this team yeah and i think teams have figured that out and which has been missouri missouri's demise in the last month or so so when missouri's just shooting you know their normal below average three-point shooting then it's ugly yeah and yeah what are they going to get going on offense not a whole lot um, I was happy with the number of three-point attempts in this game, only 18, six for 18. That's not terrible for Missouri. Um, they struggled a little bit to convert at the rim, though. But uh, I think a lot of that, both teams did, and I think a lot of that was due to 
how much contact the refs were letting go on drives yeah. and just like post play. Well, I mean, think about how much easier it is to just shoot a three point shot rather than trying to meticulously go about finding like uh, a good inside play yeah. and like taking all that contact and everything like and potentially getting an offensive foul call yeah called on you exactly i can just throw up this easy three-point shot i'm gonna want to do it's naturally what i'm gonna want to do every single time yeah yeah uh, overall it was a pretty balanced game uh, arkansas just converted more points in the paint yeah and i was able to get the win i can always uh, we can we can understand why their offensive struggles happen with schematically kind of looking at it that way but i'm not sure i will ever be able to explain why some of those runs happen where they just can't do anything for five minutes straight and the other team will score 16 straight points i I don't think i'll ever be able to fully articulate why that happens yeah i mean i don't remember another mizzou team having cold stretches and i think this dates back to at least last year as well cold stretches that are just so awful just unnatural yeah yeah you know at and sometimes Missouri has them where they maybe still scored four points at the th- at the free throw line or something. You know, you'll hear the announcer say they haven't scored a field goal in seven minutes, but yeah. they scored like four or five points uh, at the free throw line. And but then there's times that Missouri doesn't do anything. They don't get to the line. They can't make a, a shot inside. They're turning the ball over. They can't make a three. And that's when it's not fun to watch. Any other thoughts about this SEC tournament? I think that could. Yeah, I, I feel like well. I was trying to re- like remove the memory of those offensive fouls out of my brain. That's such <laughs> a bizarre thing. I mean, I, I can't stand it. Recently, I didn't know what to. I didn't know what to say when we we were watching that. It was just yeah. like I'm in disbelief. Yeah. This is how is this happening? When college basketball moved the three point line back, I thought that that was kind of dumb, and doing that plus the way a lot of college refs call the block charge call it makes college basketball offense a struggle to watch sometimes i agree and it's just not fun (laughs) and when you see players step out of bounds on a catch and shoot three it's just like where literally where do we draw the line between like okay you're moving the line back because too many threes are being made or like it the three-point shot is too much a part of the game right well then they're having farther distance to travel to get to the basket so they're maybe reaching higher speeds which leads to more offensive fouls maybe i I feel like one of the two need to need to change yeah i almost i kind of feel like the often the charge call just needs to be revamped so that like if you were if you're not playing defense it's a block yeah if you're just sliding in there as yeah. they're yeah i think it's so dumb and there arkansas did had several of those if you're not attempting to play defense what it should think, be a block what do you think about the uh just that little that little chicken wing little just elbow move whenever they're trying to create some space the offensive player i feel like that gets called a lot and i think that kind of annoys me a little bit i feel yeah. like you should be able to create a little bit of space if you're you know driving well, i mean they, i'm not talking about just elbowing somebody yeah. straight in the chest or something but they just like the, a little bit of room yeah they let the defense you know keep contact and you know keep you know just one hand mm-hmm. uh making contact every once in a while so Seems i don't like, know yeah i don't know 
We're going to – here we go in our soapbox about referees. <laughs> Sheesh. We got an NCAA tournament to get excited about. Oh, yeah. Are we excited for it? Oh, yeah, we're excited for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's get to it. What's your initial reaction? Uh, selection show, 18 seconds into the exactly. show. And we know where Missouri's going and yeah. who they're playing. Um, I, was, I was not prepared to see I, – I actually – okay, so they announced Gonzaga – or they, would they announce all the one seeds first? No, I think they just said Gonzaga is the, is the one, one seed yeah. for the whatever region. They showed Oklahoma, and I thought I wouldn't mind seeing Missouri pop up. Really? Yeah. That's what I thought. I was wrong to think that. Well, what was your reasoning for that? My reasoning for that is I know Oklahoma's been struggling down the stretch. Okay. And they've been a lot like Missouri in that they had marquee wins earlier in the season, and they've just been struggling. And I don't, I wouldn't mind playing them. And I feel like as good as Gonzaga is, they've been really, really good many times. And they have not, they've gotten knocked off plenty of times. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's perfectly reasonable. Uh, it's, I would, I would say it's a double-edged sword. You can look at it where, wow, uh, we got totally hosed. We're playing against a team that was high as seven in the country in the AP poll earlier this year. And then we're also going to have to, if we win that, we got to turn around and play the number one overall seed who is an undefeated, one of the best college basketball teams ever, according to Ken Palm. Yeah, we got hosed. Now, don't get me wrong. I hate the seed. Okay. I yeah. hate the nine seed. Yeah. I think that's bogus. Yeah. But but we're playing with house money. I all, agree. All things considered, I look at that as it was coming out, I was like, I wouldn't mind seeing Missouri here. It's an opportunity. Yeah. I, I was kind of setting myself up for Missouri to not have the seed that I wanted, that I truly wanted. Yeah. Oh, what was that? Like a seven? Seven. Yeah. That's where I was like, that. I, I like that. And that doesn't seem unreasonable for me to want. I'm going to be honest. I mean, I, I, I've been called a sunshine pumper on this, on this show a time or two, but I really did not even consider Missouri being a nine seed. I thought they, there's a better, I don't know about being a, I don't know if there's a better chance they could be a six than a nine, but I was like, they're a seven or they're an eight. And I don't really see any other scenario that it's outside of those two and uh and they were the the top nine seed obviously but and an eight and a nine like you said earlier is maybe not a huge deal but it could be so yeah I, oklahoma was the lowest eight seed yeah. so yeah I, I i'm not super thrilled about the seed i'm not super thrilled about who they have to play and who they have to play in the second round if they get there but that's the ncaa tournament and you're gonna have to play good teams so missouri plays saturday at like 6 30 basically mm-hmm. so not that extremely late game that we had. Yeah, I think that's a few years that's ago. That's great. A great time and day. Missouri does seem to like that Saturday primetime. They do. Time slot, so. They love a challenge in primetime. Although Oklahoma is kind of the type of team that they've been losing to a lot this year. Um, let's see. I know, I know you're going to tell me you don't really care, but um, do you want to really get into this Oklahoma matchup or talk about overall bracket thoughts first, or what, what do you want to do? We can get into Oklahoma if you want to. Sure. So I thought that I wouldn't mind Missouri popping up in that spot. Then as I got digging into Oklahoma, first thing I did was I just went over to their Kimpom page, and I thought, oh, what, what's this here? Austin Reeves. Brady Manic, those are familiar names. <laughs> and that's because I was remembering uh, a year and a half ago, a little over a year ago, when 
Oklahoma beat Missouri 77 to 66 in Kansas City in a little preseason or early season tournament. And Austin Reeves, I remember saying on this podcast, he is going to be one of the most annoying players in the Big Ten, Big Twelve, for next the rest of this season and next year. Yeah, he's a good player. He is annoyingly versatile, and he's all over the place. And uh, he was kind of the X factor of their win over Missouri last year. And he started his career at Wichita State, kind of just a catch and shoot kind of guy. And I watched him a couple times here in Springfield, actually. Um, but he transferred to Oklahoma State, and I feel or Oklahoma, excuse me. And I feel like he really developed his game whenever he moved up, and he, everything runs through he, him. Yes, at this point. he is. He's truly, uh, yes, the X factor for Oklahoma. And Brady Manick went uh, four for nine from three against Missouri. And you were mentioning earlier, felt like it all came in the first I half. I think all four of his threes were in the first half. If, they went. Oklahoma went on a massive run. Surprise! Uh, <laughs> early in that game. Let me pull that up just to refresh our memory a little bit. I do remember being really excited about that game, and then like instantly I was like depressed because we just the the game started off horribly, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, started off uh, right in the first few minutes. Oklahoma went on a twelve to two run. Uh, they had a fifteen to three lead and then an eighteen to five lead. Missouri found a way to score a little bit, um, but then still in the first half, Oklahoma went on an eleven zero run. <laughs> So they were up thirty-six to eighteen Yikes. at that point, and that was um, that was not good. Missouri did battle back, though. They got it down to three with ten minutes left in the game, fifty-one forty-eight. But then uh, Oklahoma held on, ended up winning by eleven. Yeah, they did end up getting it pretty close, but I do, for whatever reason, feel like I remember Oklahoma was really in control of that game from the get-go. Um, I feel like. Uh, I have this ability to just, I don't know if I, I feel like Missouri's in postseason play or against certain opponents. I just get this feeling like I don't have a good feeling about this. And I, anytime we're in like a postseason tournament, I definitely feel that, but I feel like these former big 12 foes is one of those things where I'm just like, I don't feel good about this and be, and I feel like the last five or so years, history shows Missouri's performed terribly yeah. against you know former Big Twelve foes. Well, it's and just a weird thing that like this. It, I've said this before. It seems like the same teams keep coming around. It's like if there's an opportunity for Missouri to play against a team they don't normally see, a team that we're not familiar with, somebody from you know far away conference, but Power Five. Mm-hmm. Missouri just ends up playing Oklahoma State or West Virginia or Oklahoma. <laughs> that seems like it in both sports too, yeah. football and basketball, but. Yeah, I would almost rather play like a Colorado who's a better seed. They're a five seed. I feel like I'd almost rather play Colorado than yeah. Oklahoma just because it's a different It was super team. refreshing this year to play Oregon, for yeah. example. Yeah. Like, that was cool. That was fun. Yeah, Pac-12 team. Um, I would hope for something like that in the NCAA tournament. It's like, we, gotta, we just played Oklahoma last year. Yes. Uh, that is um, something I should do. It's actually, I should actually compile Missouri's record. Uh since they left the Big 12 against those teams that were in the Big 12 when they were in it, it might, it's going to be. I, I want West Virginia in there too because that's for sure. Even though that, oh, yeah, they didn't. That's true. But there's been that so many matchups. I mean, they've played them in football too. So, so teams just teams that are in the Big 12. Yeah. Even if they weren't there when yeah. Missouri was there, okay, I can do that. They'll have a win against TCU. We can throw that in. <laughs> no, that, that doesn't count. That's a one-off. I don't like it. <laughs> 
I'm cherry picking the stats here. Yeah, you are. To suit my narrative. You definitely are. <laughs> well, it's not going to be it's not going to be good, I can tell you that. Is this game against Oklahoma going to be good? Is it going to be a good game? I think it'll be close. Yes. Uh I feel like what is going to happen is uh Missouri is going to be winning at halftime. They're going to get out to a 11 point lead in the second half and then lose by four we're just coming right out with a with a loss prediction coming right out with it wow not beating around the bush my goodness well that's the that is exactly how like all their games go yeah let me let me let me see if i can change your mind by giving you some more information about oklahoma let's hear the facts oklahoma 36th in ken palm uh 58th on offense 29th on defense so similar to missouri um a little bit better on defense than Missouri is on offense and vice versa. Um, they're 19 and 12 overall on the season. They were nine and nine in oops. I'm sorry. I'm looking at last year's team. This year's team's not much different. 39th on Kim Palm, 36th on offense, 53rd on defense, 15 and 10 overall. They were nine and eight in big 12 play this season. Uh, looking at some of their advanced metrics, they play pretty slow pace, 222nd in the nation. They absolutely do not turn the ball over, 26th best in the country. They absolutely do not send teams to the free throw line, 12th best in the nation this year. They give up a pretty high three-point shooting percentage, like in the 250 range, uh, as far as their ranking in the nation and but they uh don't give up a very high two-point percentage 46 percent good for 51st in the country uh i'm going to interrupt you really quick one interesting thing that you just reminded me of is i feel like the last two years the sec refs whenever you compile every whistle that's called across the conferences the sec calls way more fouls than any other conference and i think it's going to benefit Missouri to play with better refs and hopefully refs that are not calling as many fouls. It, I think it worked very well for them in the non-conference and hopefully they can get back to that. I, I'm tired of these games that are just completely destroyed by fouls and so many calls. Honestly, give me the SEC tournament officiating minus those horrendous offensive fouls. Minus the worst performance we've ever seen. Yeah, but that was such a specifically weird thing. Yeah. Like... In general, I thought they were okay. Like just I thought they were in the first half. Take away the ridiculous offensive fouls in that Arkansas game, and I feel like you're saying, yeah, that was, uh, you know, that was an okay officiated game. I don't. I think because it's so difficult, you're never going to be like that was an amazing officiating job because it's like just hard to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, the players that we remember from last year, Austin Reeves, uh, he's only shooting about. 31% from three on about 100 attempts. Uh, Brady Manick shooting 36% on 116 attempts. I'm worried about that. I'm, I'm worried a lot about Brady Manick. He's 6'9", uh, stretch five. Like, just if you look up stretch five in the dictionary, it's him. Yeah. And last year when they played, they would put Tillman in the pick and roll, and it was not really a roll ever. It was pick and pop. And... Manic just torched us in the mm-hmm. first half. Nobody guarded him when he would pop yeah. on the pick and pop. 
yeah oh man i hope they go back to the film on this one and because i feel like they found out a way to contain him in the second half at, at some point missouri slowed him down and he I, just he did get a little bit cold i mean he just he started missing yeah i sure hope that they remember what kind of game <clears throat> manic had against them last year and they're thinking hard about how to stop it i i also think though they didn't necessarily need him to go crazy in that game uh to win because austin reeves i mean he was the guy he in the second it. half yeah and he's big he um he's almost a little bit like drew smith in the way where he's just pesky he's yeah. annoying to play against he's yeah. everywhere he's scrappy on defense he knows how to get in the lane he can also shoot threes yeah, yeah he'll, he'll pull up but he's not like flashy right yeah he'll pull up from anywhere he can find the open man he can drive he can post up smaller guards which is something that i'm a little bit worried about um i don't know i like i like our chances um with drew smith i like the idea that he can you can put him on the other team's best player and give me that matchup pretty much anytime um they've got some role players that are solid they have two other guys that can make threes uh, two other guards that will will put it up regularly um i just you think we see mitchell smith try and guard manic in this game i've been thinking about what they do what missouri does defensively quite a bit because i am not confident at all in tillman's ability to guard a true stretch five and like what that does to the rotations behind him and everything once tillman gets out of the paint on defense i'm like well this is gonna be a this will be be a bucket bad things happen yeah so but they play four guards they play four guards and a stretch five there's plenty of possessions where nobody goes into the paint like they're cutting through but they're not gonna have a guy just like posting up are they a terrible offensive rebounding team i'll let you know uh, seems like that you would think they would have to be you would, yes <laughs> um maybe long rebounds but below average but not terrible um ninth in the big 12 that's pretty bad uh mitchell smith though i think you gotta try it i guess but if you if you want it here's where I, here's where i come down missouri's at a disadvantage defensively with with tillman guarding manic i am not confident that Missouri can get the matchup. Uh, what am I trying to say? They're not going to be able to take advantage of the matchup problem that Tillman is for Oklahoma's defense the way Oklahoma will the other way around. So if you try Mitchell Smith, sure, but then you're losing whatever mismatch you think you have on the offensive end when Tillman's out there. You can't you can't play both of them at the same time basically because right Tillman would have to guard a guard. I'm trying to think if there's anybody we've played this season that resembles that at all. Um, like in the SEC, I mean, maybe Alabama is the one that resembles that the most. Yeah, I mean uh, Connor Vanover. He's he's <laughs> a stretch five, but he just can't move very well. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's a good comp because I really don't. the the four the four guard lineup with a big that can that has the size and can make threes. I mean, it, the way it went down last year was just a disaster, and I just don't see 
when Tillman's on the floor, I don't see how Missouri plays solid defense with Manic. If, if Kobe is guarding him, if Kobe Brown's guarding him, then I maybe like that a little bit better. But again, then you lose the advantage on the offensive end. We need to call up Kylo Quinn, <laughs> ask him how to stop a four guard offense. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Be be an NBA level athlete. Uh, that sure helps. Yeah. I don't know. Um, on the offensive end, I think Missouri is going to have to shoot threes at a better clip. They're going to have to shoot above average for their season to win this game. Yep. And that's been true, you know, the last six games of the season because Oklahoma is absolutely going to double, triple team, whatever they have to do to get the ball out of the paint as soon as Tillman touches it. Mm -hmm. And as much credit as he's been given by announcers this season of improving his passing out of the double team and stuff sometimes i think I they, sometimes i think he gets the ball a little too far away from the basket yeah and is forced to have to make a move on his defender i wish that they could figure out how to get the ball to him closer to the basket yeah. so all he has to do is turn around and put it in or you know maybe that's what he could do earlier in the season but he's, he's really good with that, that pivot foot when he has when he's already down low you're mm-hmm. right when he has to put the ball on the deck to get closer right it's a struggle it's a struggle I mean, it's, and sometimes i wish he would pass out of it sooner than he does and yeah. sometimes he's, he's able to well, which i do think he has improved yeah well what we don't see enough of is exactly what you're saying the pass back out and then a re-entry mm-hmm. like i feel like you can just envision a pass from the wing to him he almost pretends like he's going to make a move kicks it right back out and tries to re-establish a little bit lower mm-hmm. uh towards the rim yeah and I thought that was something that he had gotten better about in his career because he used to just like try to bully his way into the and get fouls. Yeah. Um, like he would get called for offensive fouls. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I actually heard one thing in a post game interview from Conzo that was like Conzo said it, that he tells Tillman every once in a while, just force the shot because you need to just try it because you're better than the guy guarding you. And I can understand that to some extent, but it seems so obvious when it's happening mm-hmm. that he's just decided, I'm going to just make this work. Yep. And if, even if it, even if it's not going my way, we're yeah. just going to make it work. You know, when he's going to force it. Yeah. And it just doesn't really work. So I don't know. Uh, Missouri has to shoot better to prevent teams from just collapsing completely uh, because there's just no threat from outside right now. You were supposed to bring some positivity, and you already predicted a four-point loss. <laughs> I do have to say, you know, I think we presented some points to where you can you, you can really pretty easily design a path where either of these teams win. I think this is really a coin flip, um, just depending on how well they execute. Um, Oklahoma has every, every ability, just the same ability as Missouri to go cold on offense. Yeah, I, I, f- I have this gut feeling where – you know, this seems like a s- scenario historically, at least in the last decade, where Missouri does not get out of this alive. And, you know, we we know we've watched Missouri very closely in the last month and we know how things have gone and they've really trended. They've been trending down. But so is Oklahoma. We, we forget that the other side of the, the equation has been feeling the exact same things that we have as Missouri fans. So uh, I'm sure their fans probably don't feel great about this matchup either. I really have no idea. But considering what the matchup I thought we might end up with maybe being a little bit better than this. It's a little disheartening, but certainly not an unwinnable game at all. 
yeah, I, I do think it's going to be very close. I just think it's going to be frustrating to watch. And I will be hoping and praying for a win. And if I think if Missouri wins, it's going to be just barely. I think it's going to be a struggle. I think it's going to be ugly. I'll be ecstatic. Oh, I'll be thrilled if I'll they win. I'll be so happy. But these, these guys deserve a win yeah. in the postseason. Yeah. I, I, I think the key to this game for Missouri is Pinson. He has to get going, has to get to the rim, he has to get to the free throw line, he has to make shots. And the fact that Oklahoma doesn't send guys to the free throw line, it's just, it's all adding up, not in a good way in my brain. But if Pinson can be a threat, like I think we're going to get what we get from Drew. I think he's, like, pencil him in for 12 to 16 points and good defense. Um, between Tillman and Kobe, if we get 15 points and 15 rebounds between the two of them, I'd be thrilled. I think we need Penson to get 20 plus. Yeah. Make he's, multiple he's threes. He's really actually been shooting pretty well recently from yeah. three. We, we really need him to continue that because I'm not sure anybody else is going to do it. Yeah, he and Drew are basically the only people I want shooting threes. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe Torrance Watson every once in a while if they if he sees some minutes. Torrance and Bugs have both looked okay shooting the ball. I mean, like, a lot of their shots look like they're going in. Yeah. Um, even when they don't. Yeah. They're they definitely have on the team. prettier shots than others on the team. I mean, Mark's one of the worst about some of his shots are just so not even flat. close. Yeah. Like, just never had a chance. Yep. What's your prediction? Your official prediction? Ugly, ugly game. Missouri can't quite make it happen. Oklahoma wins. Uh, something like 68 to 67. Yep, I'll say Oklahoma 72-68. I hope we're wrong. I'd I, love to be wrong. I hope we're wrong. Boo. I Producer think, Cameron, what's your prediction? Yeah, what's Save your prediction? us. Uh, Mizzou by two. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I hope you're right. I'll give you a big old kiss if you're right. I don't want to be right. <laughs> <laughs> I think our plan is to potentially uh, recap this game right after it happens on Saturday night. I think we may watch it here and get an immediate reaction. Mm. And uh, we might be a little vulnerable. <laughs> we'll see what happens. A little raw. Or we're going to be ecstatic, one of the two. <laughs> Either way, you'll be getting our uh, our emotional state right after the game, most likely. Um, if Missouri does win, they will go on to face uh, Gonzaga. Uh, Gonzaga, the number one overall seed in the tournament. If you didn't know, they're very good. Yep. 26-0, uh, and 0, number one team in Kimpom, number one offense on Kimpom, number 10 defense in Kimpom. Um, if you're kind of like looking at a little, a little hint for filling out your bracket, if you're looking for teams that you think maybe could make a deep run, look at teams that are both that are good on both offense and defense. Like, I thought you were going to say Gonzaga is one of them. Gonzaga is one of them. <laughs> no, like a uh, shocker. Look for teams that are balanced on offense and defense. And uh, usually people talk about being top 20 in offense and defense in Kimpom. That's like, you know, elite company. So for Gonzaga to be one and 10, it's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yep. And you uh, first fourth fastest tempo team in the country they have two guys in the top 10 in ken palm player of the year rankings 
yeah, I think if uh, Missouri gets to that point, you just try your best and you tip your cap if uh, things don't go well and you uh, – I, I would love – I would be ecstatic if Missouri – if I'm watching Missouri play Gonzaga, well, yeah, I'm over be, the moon. Oh, yeah, that would be so fun. I don't even care if they lose. That would be yeah. that'd be awesome to to play Gonzaga. And just getting one more game from these seniors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bring a tear to my eye. Okay. That it? Anything else about Oklahoma? I think we covered about every angle. Oh, yeah. Lon Kruger, he's old. He's there. He's there. I bet he's not as old as it seems like. He's, he's been He's been coaching. He's he's old in coach years. I feel like I've heard he's one of those coaches that doesn't really work the refs that much. He kind of just coaches his team. Just kind of. I can respect that. Yeah. Kind of like Conto, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, the probably, refs, will, refs will be happy. Yeah, probably uh, <laughs> Oklahoma's fan base has wanted him to, like, you know, get a technical foul. Oh, yeah. And, like, got mad at him how because many, he's not. How many techs has Kondo gotten since he's been in Missouri? Like, two? one or two tops? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking through Oklahoma's uh, stats one more time. They Like, I did mention that they were um, struggling down the stretch. They lost their last four Big 12 games. Um and they did beat Iowa State in the Big 12 tournament, but then lost to Kansas. One of those last four games that they lost was to Kansas State. Kansas that's State. pretty that, ugly. That's a significant loss. Kansas State is awful. But earlier in the season, uh, they did beat West Virginia, Alabama in that SEC Big 12 uh, matchup. And I think they did that without Austin Reeves. Did they? I don't I know. think so. That's kind of strange. Yeah, they got up to another number seven in the country yeah. after uh, – Probably right after that Alabama game. Four or five huge wins against, like, top 12 teams. Yeah. Beat Kansas, beat Texas, beat Alabama. So, oh, yeah, they oh. mirror Missouri in a lot of ways. Hope that team doesn't show up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, truly, they are, like, complete perfect reflections of one another. They are the exact same resume, almost. Any other – anything else that stuck out to you on this, uh, this old bracket? Any seeds that you thought were <clears> – <throat> Ridiculous or well, of, of course, head scratching. Um, I, I'm sure. We, I think we talked a little about uh, bracket matrix. It's just yeah. like a collection of. It was like a hundred plus. Compiles uh, them all of just what, what is it like sports writers or something? Yeah. Uh, people Websites, that anybody respected that's doing people it. Yeah. that put together a bracket, and uh, of we course, we should try to see if we could uh, get on there next time. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> of course, our very own Missouri Tigers had the biggest discrepancy between what the bracket matrix average was and what their actual seed was. They were supposed to get a six seed i believe yeah. uh according to bracket matrix which is like we said over 100 brackets compiled together and uh so they had the largest discrepancy in the entire field morning of selection sunday there were brackets that were a part of bracket matrix average that had missouri as a five seed that's a little ridiculous there was only like maybe two or three but but there was also i saw a couple tens it's also ridiculous. Yeah, if you're if you're looking at uh, if you're looking at resume, yeah. I can and that's it. I can see if you're looking at like all right, well, let's see quad one records. Maybe those are what people did that put Missouri in the five six range. Maybe so, but it's more to it than that, unfortunately. Uh, anything else besides Missouri? Uh, yeah. Um, I was telling you this earlier. I thought I'm not going in the order of this sure. bracket whatsoever, but. I thought Arkansas got screwed a little bit. Um, yeah, obviously, a 14 With seed. With their matchup. A 14 yeah. seed. Uh, but it's still Colgate. They're in the net. They're like a top 10 team in the net, which. They've only played 15 games. That is true. But 
Bay, but Colgate plays uh, very up tempo game. They're oh, good. Yeah. They have a lot of good players. They shoot very well. Um, that may not be an easy game for Arkansas. And I th- just think that as a three seed in this tournament, that's just unfortunate to have to play a team that is as hot as Colgate. I would be super frustrated if I was a Arkansas fan. Considering uh, Kansas is on the other side of the bracket and they're playing Eastern Washington. That's, that's night and day different. It's night and day. Yeah. Same seed situation. Yeah. Yeah, Colgate is uh, number five in the nation in effective field goal percentage, number three in three-point shooting, number two – sorry, number 18 in two-point field goal shooting. It could be a very high-scoring game. They're also number one in three-point percentage defense, but uh, they play virtually nobody all year. They, they played one team five times. I can't remember who it was. Might have been like High Point or something like that. They played Boston University five times. <laughs> That's ridiculous. They played, yeah, their whole season. Uh, they played 15 games. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13 of them were against three teams. That's ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that that was like one of the biggest. Uh, That's wild. That it really was wild. And that was, that was something interesting that I was looking for coming into the Selection Sunday. was like, where in the world? What are they going to do with Colgate? Uh, a team that's only played 15 games in their top 10 in the net. Yeah. And they've only played horrible teams. Like, how do you seed a team like that? That's pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, I thought Oklahoma State got a little bit hosed. They have a tremendous resume and the number one player in the country on their team. And I thought they were more. They beat, I believe I heard they beat every other three seed in this tournament. Mm. And they got a four. Uh, yeah. They finished. Kansas, Texas, and Arkansas, yeah. Finished the s- season hotter than anybody. So I thought they were deserving of a three seed. They were the anti-Mizzou. Yes. They, like, you knew they had something going. They couldn't quite get it going. And then they really turned it on late in the season. Um, one thing that we also did talk about before this, I, I thought Loyola is, uh, be- was better than an eight seed. And I think it's unfortunate for Illinois and for, Lo- and for Loyola that they have to play each other potentially in the second round. I th- just think... Illinois should not have to play Loyola in the second round and vice versa. I don't think Loyola should have to play a number one seed. I was going through looking at uh, the best defensive teams in the tournament from the advanced metrics, uh, looking at adjusted defensive efficiency on Kim Palm and uh, same thing on BartTorvik.com. Loyola, Chicago, number one. Number one. Illinois, Illinois, number five. So every year uh, since I discovered Kim Palm, I go through and do a bracket that's just the Kimpom defense, like I just do it in order of the Kimpom defensive uh, rankings. And so in that bracket, I have Loyola Chicago winning the whole thing, but it throws a wrench in the, in the, uh, the idea behind the whole thing when they have to play another top five defense in the second round, because then it's a toss up basically. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I, I think the seven seeds all are weak. I think uh, Missouri has a better resume than UConn, uh, Clemson, and Florida. I think they have a better resume than all three of those seven seeds. And the other seven seed I didn't mention was Oregon, and they beat them head-to-head. Yeah, obviously beat Florida head-to-head as well. I gravitate towards the 10 over the 7 in all four of those matchups. Interesting, interesting. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything noteworthy seeding-wise that I saw. It, it's interesting, this, uh, this play-in game between uh, UCLA and uh, Michigan State. I would guess there has never been and there will never be more national championships in a play-in <laughs> game 
then there will be Thursday night. I believe you will be correct about that. Uh, yeah, and playing games are interesting. Uh, those two like powerhouse programs, and then you've got Wichita State and Drake, the yeah. former or, uh, former Missouri Valley team going yeah. against the current one. Uh, Storylines galore on both of those games. Rick Patino back in the NCAA tournament. That's and, a storyline. Louisville's not. Right. Yeah, Iona taking on two-seed Alabama in the first round. How about 13-12 and 12 Georgetown? <laughs> That's kind of wild. Yeah. Making the tournament. They won their conference tournament. Yeah. Uh, I thought they might have stolen Wichita State's spot in the tournament, potentially. Yeah, they, them and Oregon State both are, like, pretty mediocre teams that somehow pulled off, like, amazing automatic bid, like, tournament runs. Yep. Um, you want to just uh, you want to reveal our brackets a little bit, talk through them, um, give away some of our picks. Let's give People them away. Can steal them or fade us. Uh, <laughs> I probably used up all my good luck two years ago, so probably just pick against everything I do. And I think I said it two years ago. I absolutely hate my bracket. I think I hated it then, and I don't really care for mine that I'm looking at in front of me right now. Why I pick these teams, I don't know. Well, it's hard to do. You got any big first round upsets? Um, I'm just gonna let's see. In we'll start in the East region. I guess the one with Gonzaga is the one seed. I've got Ohio over That's Virginia. The West, I think. Is that the West? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I've got Ohio over Virginia in this particular bracket, but okay. it's, who knows? Um, sure. Virginia is also a little bit sketchy. With they had a COVID positive. True. Uh, not too had long to ago. Bow out of the ACC tournament. I'm sure they're still going to be fine and, and play, um, and everything will be fine there. But I I did pick Ohio in this specific bracket i actually have no upsets in the west region first round you got gonzaga coming out of there oh yeah as do i um i do have usc winning three games i've got them going to the elite eight i've got them beating kansas and then also beating iowa Ooh. yeah usc watch out for them very good defensive team um they also have a bonafide uh pro on their team oh yeah seven that's footer good, good combination yeah that's uh, honestly that's a lot of what i look for and when i fill out brackets is a really good defensive team with a star player and if the star player is a really good offensive guard and the rest of the team is elite defense then if he's kemba walker exactly. then they're gonna do good yeah uh <clears throat> producer cameron you got anything crazy coming out in that west region um well I filled in Wichita State, and I've got them beating USC interesting, and interesting. Kansas. And Kansas. Okay. <laughs> nice. Shocker's going on a run. You got Gonzaga winning that region, though? Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. You want to travel down to the east region? Yes. Um, <clears throat> I've got – I don't have any crazy first-round games here. I do actually have Michigan State uh, beating BYU. And they're okay. one of the playing teams. Yeah, yeah. I have UCLA beating BYU. Wow. Um, I'll tell you what. I, I looked long and hard at the LSU-St. Bonaventure matchup. It's a good matchup. I think that'll be a fun one to watch. And I think whoever wins that game gives a really good challenge to Michigan. I agree with you. I think if Michigan wins that game, then they're looking pretty good all the way to the Elite Eight. But... Man, Michigan just had one of their best players get hurt, and I don't know how serious it is. Livers, liver is one of it is is one of his names. Is what I almost said is his last name. Um, I don't know how serious his his injury is or how many games he's going to have to miss, but that is a significant loss if he's out for a little bit. It's not a liver injury. Not a liver injury. That's just his name. 
And I have LSU beating Michigan. In this very bracket? In this very bracket. Wow. Uh, I have BYU winning two games. I don't have them beating Texas, though. I have Abilene Christian with the big 14 over three upset. That would be massive. And I'll tell you why. uh, If you want to hear it, you talk about something else in that region while I remember why. Um, I've got Bama winning that one. I I actually have Bama going to the Final Four and Florida State actually making a little bit of a run, too. I have Florida State getting all the way out to the Elite Eight and then knocking off LSU. I've still got Michigan coming out of that one and playing Texas in the Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. I've got Alabama going uh, to the Final Four from that region. So let me tell you about Abilene Christian real quick. They... Uh, are a top 30 defensive team, defensive efficiency, force the most turnovers in the country. And they also have their conference, which is the Southland Conference. They have the Southland Conference Kim Palm Player of the Year in Colton Cole, who is a seven-footer, seven-foot senior, big man. Mm. So that's uh, pretty juicy. Yeah, I like that <laughs> defense plus uh, star player, and fits your formula. Yeah, it's pretty much exactly what I'm looking for there. You have them um, winning at all? <laughs> Texas offense, 236th in turnovers they commit. So mm-hmm. turning the ball over quite a bit. Number one team forcing turnovers. Courtney Ramey. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I like Abilene Christian. Okay. You've kind of sold me a little bit. Might have to, I have to pick them on one of my 50 brackets. All right. <laughs> good. Is that your biggest upset? That's the biggest upset I have in the whole tournament. Yep. Ooh. Maybe, yeah, I don't even have a second rounder that like comes close to that with a one or two seed. Um, yeah, I've got Bama taking it there over Michigan in the Elite Eight. I really... I kind of will be rooting for Alabama, I think. I, I typically root for SEC teams a, yeah. a little bit. Classic. <laughs> Classic SEC homers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's go up to the south region. Uh, Baylor, the one seed over there. Um, I've got the trendy upset pick, the 12-5. It's just like tailor-made, and, and probably everybody will lose because Villanova will win. But I've got Winthrop <laughs> over Villanova. Just like about like eighty percent of people in the world. Yeah, I have I have uh, Winthrop over Villanova in almost every single bracket I filled out. Villanova's down a guard. It's just too easy. They've they've been Winthrop's awful. good. Uh, Villanova's been awful without Colin Gillespie, and just the last I don't know four or five games they are not the same team without him, and he is the X factor that makes that team function, and they're without him. And Winthrop is twenty three and one. Villanova does still have Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who is very solid um winthrop just they are pretty decent at everything they didn't really play anybody because the big south conference is not that great <laughs> um they don't have they didn't play a top 100 kimpom team all season I, I take that back they beat 92 ranked Furman, but there's a lot of high twos and 300 teams in the, in their schedule i've got villanova Ooh, wow, going against the grain. But upset pick. I have North Texas over Purdue. Ooh. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Let's hear your analysis on that matchup. <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> he, doesn't single, have, he doesn't have a, one single analysis. 
<laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> um, we got two SEC teams in this region. We got Arkansas, the three seed, Florida, the seven seed. Uh, you're down on a lot of the seven seeds. Yeah, that include Florida. I've got the SEC having been down bad in this region. I've Uh-oh. got well, I do have Arkansas beating Colgate, but losing in the second round to Texas Tech, and I have Virginia Tech beating Florida in the first round. Well, let me tell you about a team called Utah State. Ooh, I got them. Oh, you got so them. So tell me about them. Oh, I'd yeah. like to know. <laughs> let me. Uh, here's your uh, analysis for you. Utah State, number eight team in the country in defensive efficiency. And uh, they're just downright elite defense. They also have the number one player in the conference, according to Ken Palm. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, but he is, you guessed it, a seven foot big man who's the, the number one player in the conference. I've seen a real formula. <laughs> yeah. You are really like, sick with it. <laughs> I didn't know there's that many seven-footers in the <laughs> college basketball. USC, Abilene Christian, Utah State. I'm going to be rooting so hard for those teams. <laughs> I need the formula to be right. I feel like there's always, like, I, you know, I'll fill out a whole bunch of brackets. Brackets. Yeah. Brackets. Backup but, brackets. Backup brackets. But there's, like, specific matchups I pick, like, almost every single time. So, of course, there's certain teams I'm rooting for super hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do, I do that a little bit just because you don't – I mean, it's like – you know, you don't want every matchup pretty much to be like yeah. cutting your good brackets. Exactly. You want to mm-hmm. have you want to have some teams to really root for. Yeah. Um, where are we here? I've got uh, I think Ohio State potentially lucked out with their path. They um, really did. I think they've got some weaknesses, yes. uh, especially defensively, especially personnel wise, not having a true uh, center. Um, EJ, EJ Liddell is very good player for just a sophomore. I think, um, a couple years down the road, they, you wouldn't even think twice about them not having a true big man because he's going to be really solid. He's, he's already gonna, solid. He's going to he, grow. He's going to be, he's not going to grow, but I think he's just going to use his body to its fullest potential. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely thinking, you know, the last month when I'm thinking about certain teams and how they might fare in my bracket, I absolutely kept thinking Ohio State is going to be one of those teams that's seated super high but I have them losing early because they're just going to face a weird matchup because the committee's going to put Abilene Christian with a seven footer against them and they're going to lose Oof. but if only I don't really think they face that and no. like and I have them losing to Baylor and I'm not even sure Baylor really presents that either. exactly I agree yeah I have the same thing I have uh, Baylor beating Ohio State and going to the final four but um, I'm very tempted to put Ohio State. I will have them going to the Final Four in plenty of my brackets they because have... I think it, it sets up nicely for them. Uh, Florida doesn't pose that kind of challenge. Arkansas doesn't pose that kind of challenge. If Utah Oral, State, Oral Roberts doesn't either. No, Oral Roberts certainly doesn't. If Utah Add that State, to the list of tournament teams though that Mizzou played this year. Oral Roberts. Oral exactly. Roberts. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, we added it. Uh, if Utah State gets to the Sweet 16, then there's that elite defense with the seven footer that they need to watch out for. Ohio State, that is. Yeah. I got Baylor going. You got Baylor going. I got Baylor. Baylor. Baylor going. All right. Uh, you got Wisconsin or North Carolina? Uh, I've got Wisconsin in this one. Wisconsin. Do you think whoever wins that just kind of gets stomped by Baylor? Uh, potentially. No, I don't think so because, well, if it's Wisconsin, I think the game's close. Okay. I, think, I think Wisconsin has a real gift of just muddying up a game and making yeah. it close. So... If it's Wisconsin, I think it'll it'll be within ten points probably. All right. 
All right, moving down to that Midwest region, uh, Illinois is the one seed. We talked about Loyola, Chicago. Just really unfortunate that those two teams will potentially have to go up against each other in the second round, two of the best defenses in the country. Um, Illinois obviously has also one of the best offenses in the country, so I would give them the edge over Loyola. I didn't in my Kim Palm defense bracket, though. I got Loyola going all the way. <laughs> I nice. do. Uh, you got to do it. It's just what the numbers say. I do. Uh, I got a SEC team over here in 5-seed Tennessee. I thought that was pretty good uh, seed for them as far as, like, they should be happy with that. Yeah. Um, they get to go up against Oregon State. Uh, Man, that's a, just a dream first-round matchup for them. Yeah. Uh, they do have Oklahoma State sitting there potentially in the second round, though. Uh, Cade Cunningham, probably the best player in the country, probably going to be the number one overall pick. Speaking of number one overall picks, sidebar, have you watched Anthony Edwards at all this year for the yeah. Minnesota Timberwolves? I have not. Is he good? Last night, he uh, torched Portland, the Trailblazers, and Carmelo Anthony is now in the Portland Trailblazers, and uh, Anthony Edwards hit two just ridiculous step-back threes right in Carmelo Anthony's eye, and <laughs> he did uh, Carmelo's, like, uh, point to his head, three-point <laughs> oh, celebration. No. Then he also posterized a guy on a drive. Really? Yeah, he looked amazing. Well, I mean, that's good to hear. I mean, I know there was a lot of like, well, I guess he's the number one pick because who else is going to be the right. number one pick? So yep. good to hear he's doing well. He was amazing last he's night. He's played at Mizzou Arena. Yeah. And uh, lost. Oh, where were we here? Uh, Oklahoma State, yeah. uh, Kate Cunningham, excellent. I think that'll be – I hope that matchup comes to fruition there between Tennessee and Oklahoma State. I think that'll be a fun one. Um, San Diego State, one of the better defensive teams in the country. They play Syracuse, who uh, was a bubble team, according to a lot of people, but they did avoid that play-in game. Um, let's see. I, I like San Diego State to win two games in this. Uh, I got West Virginia, I do but too. then I got San Diego State beating West Virginia to play Houston in the Sweet 16. Yeah, I would say I got the most, the most uh, adventurous in this um, region. I've got Oklahoma State. Um, winning against tennessee and then knocking off illinois Ooh. and Ooh. i and actually going to the final four and uh, me too i have oklahoma state <laughs> i have oklahoma state beating san diego state to go to the final four okay okay sheesh i this is a head scratcher for me i don't know why i did it uh i got houston uh, going to the final four i actually nice. have houston going to the national championship game well they're a two seed so yeah i guess it's not outlandish but why i know literally nothing about houston <laughs> They, I know every time they play Memphis, it's a close game. Yeah. They are number eight on offense efficiency, number 16 on defense, so top 20 there both. They play just a horrendously slow tempo, 327th no. in the country. It's ugly. So I don't I, – I, At I least guess. there's a shot clock. Yeah, I guess I'll be rooting for that. Um, I do have an upset Rutgers over Clemson. I do have my patented 10 over 7 uh, Rutgers over Clemson as well. Clemson sucks. Did you go all 10s over 7s in this bracket? Uh, no, I picked UConn over Maryland okay. in this bracket. But uh, the other three, yeah, 10 over 7. Gotcha. I've got Moorhead State over West Virginia. Okay. Nice. That's, okay. my, that's my big upset. West Virginia has a history of losing three 14 games. Three seed, 14 seed games. Yeah. I, I believe they lost one in the last five years or so i would hope they did if you said they have a history of it <laughs> <laughs> and I've maybe also i'm just got, seeing the future i don't know <laughs> i've also got loyola the people's champion sister jean yeah. beating illinois is sister nice. jean still with us do we know yes, yes. she is okay. Yes. Okay, great. she is ancient and, and then losing to oklahoma state that uh loyola beating illinois totally could happen like that's 
that's going to be a really interesting game. That'll be a fun one. I hope they just beat Georgia Tech, honestly. Yeah. I'm sure they will. Georgia Tech, another team that went on a run uh, to win their conference championship. Uh, <laughs> Some weird... It's March, man. Oh, yeah. Some weird teams at the tournament. Well, especially with uh, Duke and Virginia both went out of the ACC tournament yeah. uh, due to COVID. So Georgia Tech capitalized and went. Georgia Tech's coach. that automatic bid. Like Josh Passner, is that oh, his yeah. name? He's got that. He has the lone big old face shield. Yep. I, I like it. I mean, if you can get over it looking kind of silly, I think it's the way to go if you're trying to coach basketball, honestly. Yeah. Best visibility probably. Yeah. Um... I don't have anything crazy. I got Illinois and Houston in the Elite Eight. I got Houston going to the Final Four. Yeah, my Final Four is Gonzaga, Bama, Baylor, Oklahoma State. I've got Gonzaga over Baylor in the championship game. I've got Gonzaga, Baylor, Bama, Houston. I've got Gonzaga over Houston in the championship game. I've got Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Oklahoma State, Baylor over Michigan in the championship. Baylor over Michigan. Okay. Lots of yellow in that game. Very interesting. Um, Michigan's kind of a, uh, an okay team to root for, in my opinion. Just like randomly a Big Ten team that I'm like, yeah, they're kind of cool. Well, if you're doing that, then I'll root for Abilene Christian because I kind of like them. Oh, I love Abilene Christian. <laughs> this is going to be the year, uh, guys. It's going to be the year I do it. Fill out a perfect bracket. <laughs> <laughs> I can just feel it. You know? I thought you were going to say this is Cameron. This has been the episode just full of my gut feelings and, and the the uh, just details behind that. And I just have that feeling I'm going to do the perfect bracket this year. How how upset would you be if you got every single pick right except the Mizzou game? <laughs> uh, well, I'd be happy because that means Mizzou won. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, that would be... That'd be fantastic. But I got all of them right, so, plus my team won. But you were so close to having the perfect bracket. All you uh, had to do I'm was still pick winning every competition oh, if I'm that close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be interesting. Yeah, I'd take it. I'd be fine with it. Well, yeah. But you'd, yeah. you'd live with it. I'd live with it. Whatever prizes come my way, whatever. <laughs> um, this is a meaty episode. Oh, yeah. It's going to push the limits of our listeners. Uh, attention spans and uploading capabilities oh yeah it's gonna take a while to upload <laughs> you can um, finish this podcast before the uh tournament starts oh yeah man i just love brackets i love brackets it's, uh, nice. I do. you talk about something uh, meaty something that's meaty this bracket mm. meaty yeah just combine college basketball is the best just combining basketball with like stats and like rankings brackets oh it's just nothing better and you can know nothing and outperform people that have yeah. been studying this stuff. Yeah. My wife's going to fill out a better bracket than all of us probably. Oh, yeah. I'm going to uh, make her join the Missouri Sports Podcast group. I'm going to have to go research and try to find any other top defensive teams that also have an elite big man. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to see if I like Abilene Christian to win multiple games in this tournament. Oh, good grief. Oh, That's the formula. I'm They're going to get smoked in the first round. <laughs> Do that research for nothing. Texas is going down, folks. <laughs> all right. Is that the end of this podcast? I think we've surely said enough. It's tournament time. Tournament time. Join our bracket group, Missouri Sports Pod 2021. One bracket per person. Come take on the champ. One who gets a t-shirt and some stickers. Mm. Oh, yeah. What more could you want? We'll figure out who you are somehow. In the glory. Mark Smith got blocked. We salute you. Yeah, I'll be rooting for you, honestly. <laughs> if it's not me, I hope it's you. <laughs> 
All right, everybody. That's all I got for him. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or on Twitter and Instagram at Missouri Sports Pod. And you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. If you don't win the tournament challenge, you can find our stickers and t shirts on our online shop, Mizzou. Oh, sh- <laughs> Missouri Sports Pod.bigcartel.com. You can buy a shirt and then tell people you want it in the in the bracket contest. We won't tell anybody. There you go. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. Ba-da-da-da-da. That's cool.